G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face, to helping you understand the issues going on in the world, to clear and understandable Bible teaching, all peppered with great Christian music, the latest news, and even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au or download our free app. Well, Martin Niles is the Chief of Staff with the Australian Christian Lobby and he's joining me on the phone now. Martin, this is the final sitting week of Federal Parliament. It's certainly deemed to be a big one. We'll come back to those issues in a moment, but certainly some announcements that have come out uh, over the weekend, one of which had to do with how we combat this epidemic of the drug ice. There's been a number of music festivals held around the country in recent days and sadly, more deaths from that drug or certainly from drug overdoses anyway and the government wants to step in and see how we can better combat that. That's correct, Tracy. I mean, just on an anecdotal basis before we get to sort of the macro policy stuff, I just thought as you were saying that, I mean, I've been catching quite a few taxis in my role lately and one of the things that taxi drivers are telling me is that the drug abuse, uh, particularly with ICE in their work, uh, is really, really bad and they're getting an awful lot of fares lately with people who are high on this stuff. And so it's something that's well known in, in, in these sorts of service sectors in the community. Um, the government has indicated that the consumption of ICE has gone up many, many, many times uh, over the last uh, few years. Um, dealing with it is not an easy fix, I don't think. Um, Malcolm Turnbull's government have announced $300 million last week to combat uh, ICE consumption. I suppose that's great. Uh, it's a good thing. Um, and it's sort of impossible, really, to say, well, no, you don't support uh, money going to the combat of, of the consumption of ice. Um, but I think as Christians, um, we know that some of these problems aren't fully solvable by government policy. I mean, some of these problems uh, occur with you know, spiritual problems or their individual people problems. And so this the government might be good at solving certain things. I'm not sure that it's good at, it's specialised at solving problems in that realm in particular. Um, and so I think this is something that the church can also step up into. Uh, and the church historically has been very good at solving these problems. And so there's sort of a, a, a two-pronged approach, I suppose, I, I'd like to see. And uh, that would be that churches would be involved uh, and also that the government would be involved because this is a terrible crisis um, and we just need as much resources thrown at it as possible. And how can churches best be involved, Martin, do you think? Where do they start? Well, it's difficult, you know, because the church is kind of being... We're in a time when the church is being a little bit marginalised. Um, but, look, I think churches do do a very good job of running charities and running social services uh, for those who are um, needy in our communities. I think the last stat was that 23 of the 25 biggest charities in this country are faith-based or were faith-based when they were started. Um, And so, look, if churches can keep reaching out to the marginalised through uh, volunteer programs in their community uh, and through reaching out um, through uh, just providing services and all that kind of thing, um, I think that that's probably one of the better ways of helping people out who are in need. 
in engaging people in the point of fact that everybody is important to God and they have self-worth in that regard, perhaps they won't need to seek it anywhere else. Absolutely. Like I said, I think a huge driver of this problem is a spiritual problem. Uh, a huge driver of this problem is, you know, problems of the individual need. Uh, and the government can do so much, but that's not what the government specialises in. Um, so the government's doing a good job, I think, and I think that doing the $300 million program is essential, but I think that the church is best placed to reach out to their communities and actually meet those more spiritual needs. Something that we've seen come into force over the past few days, though, Martin, is the change in our terror laws, whereby any dual citizens deemed to be fighting or supporting a terrorist group could lose their Australian citizen citizenship and be deported. Now, we've seen an Australian man return to Melbourne overnight. He was detained for several hours by the Australian Federal Police. He has since been released without charge, but there was talk that he was in the Middle East fighting with the Kurdish fighters. Yeah, that's correct. Um, look, it's difficult to comment on, on individual cases, but I just think that the crisis uh, going on overseas is motivating a lot of people on both sides uh, of the conflict uh, to go and, I think, potentially do silly things um, by going overseas and, and joining the fight. But, um, look, it's understandable because these crises that are coming out of ISIS and the violence that it's breeding is just getting worse. Um, and you've got, you know, Belgium in, in lockdown. You've got... Um, uh, for, for many days, you've got this attack in Paris. Uh, you've got talk in this San Bernardino shooting that there was a, a religious Islamic involvement. Um, you've got this stabbing on the London Underground uh, just the other night. Uh, it goes on and on. And so people look and they have a sense of helplessness uh, at what's going on. Uh, and then, of course, uh, they think, well, we'll take matters into our own hands, which is ill-advised. Uh, but at the same time, if they don't feel like their governments are doing the right thing, uh, it's also very frustrating. Does it come back to government, though, uh, Martin, or does it come back to that issue that we touched on earlier, being that people are searching for a sense of identity, people are searching for a sense of belonging? If we as Christians rise up and start perhaps uh, better engaging in the Great Commission, would we see less of this, do you think? Well, I think in relation to uh, the ISIS issue, one of the key drivers of it is uh, an identity crisis in the West. Um, I think one of the issues is that we don't stand up as strongly as we could to ISIS because we are losing a sense of really who we are and what we believe in. Uh, and I think for young people in particular uh, who are coming up through an education system that is largely framed around postmodern and relativistic ideas, they hear a narrative that's very compelling uh, and they hear truth claims. Uh, and a lot of young people, I mean, I've gone and spoken in schools, and a lot of young people are really searching for truth. Uh, and they're really searching for narrative because the education system we have, because of this identity crisis issue, is not giving that to them. And I think that makes them very, very vulnerable uh, to a lot of the romance of what's going on in the Middle East now. You and I would say romance, what are you talking about? But it's strange how that in that way it does almost have a romantic appeal to certain types uh, of young people. And I think that's the issue. I think we've got an identity crisis in the West. I think we haven't taught our young people, what it means to have a Judeo-Christian Western society and what it means to preserve and protect it and what the principles we believe in are. And I think that that actually is a key part of the problem. Uh, and of course, the church definitely doesn't have an identity crisis. Uh, so if the church continues to stand up for truth, if the church continues to be a loud voice in the public square, uh, I think that that can do a lot of good in these times. And we, of course, as Christians, need to maintain the fight to ensure that people do know 
what a Judeo-Christian worldview is and ensure that that message gets passed on to our politicians so that we stick by that and we're not lost into the abyss. It seems to be the way. There seems to be a big push to go back on those heritage claims that we have and just go with the flow of what seems popular at the moment. Absolutely. And I think the thing we really need to know is that um, we need not to. The church is very keen to be to be popular and not to uh, upset people. But these days, when you do make a stand for those things that you've just described, it's not always popular. But uh, we're sort of coming to a time when I think that look, even if people don't, not even if everybody doesn't like to hear what you say, you do need to say it because there are the silent majorities. There are those who are uh, less uh, less militant in their views who are listening. Uh, and so, look, I think now above all times is a time when we need to be speaking and it's a time when we need to be making those claims without compromise and we need to be making them in love, of course. I mean, the, the great motto that we use at ACL is that you need to speak the truth in love. Now, very often your words get twisted, but you just need to keep doing it, speak the truth in love. And, uh, and I think that's got a very, very important role to play in these days. That's Martin Niles, the Chief of Staff for the Australian Christian Lobby. Martin, always good to talk to you. We'll chat again next week. Thanks very much, Tracey. You too. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.